0: buddham saranam gacchami dhammam saranam Sangam sangham saranam gacchami satimato sadaa satima it is always good for mindful one. Mindful one thrives him happiness. This is one of the utterances of the Buddha. Friends, I appreciate your right effort, tireless effort to understand, to practice Mindfulness throughout the day. I am very happy to see this. This is how we Buddhist practice. This is the way. This is the path. This is the only way to attain enlightenment. Practice. You know better the praise. Practice makes perfect. That is the way. So, since you all practice today, throughout the day, now is the time for us to listen to a Dhamma talk. In consistent with the theme of this meditation retreat, tonight I would like to talk on mindfulness. Mindful. When you say mindful, it doesn't mean that Your mind is full or filled with something. It is not full. Not filled anything. But the mind is very clear. When you become mindful, your mind is very clear. You are aware of things. You are alert. You know what is going on right here. You are in the present moment physically and mentally. That is what is mindfulness. Living in the present moment. In its deep sense, mindfulness means moment to moment thoughtless observation. That is mindfulness. Mindfulness basically means attention. To give attention. But this term is quite insufficient to give the real meaning of the word that the Buddha used in his discourses. That is why we have to use some uh, synonyms like mindfulness, watchfulness, awareness, like that. The term Sati, the Buddha used the term Sati, S-A-T-I, Sati. This is sometimes translated as bare attention. Bare attention means there is nothing to grasp or nothing to repel. Just to give attention to understand thing as it is. That is what is attention. That is what is mindfulness. When you are mindful, you are giving attention to the object to understand things as it is. If we have mindfulness, we have, at the same time, we have wisdom, clear comprehension as well. Clear comprehension, mindfulness and wisdom, these three go together. Where there is mindfulness, there is wisdom and clear comprehension. So if you have mindfulness, clear comprehension and and wisdom well developed, you can see through. That is what is called vipassana. You can penetrate. When you see through, when you penetrate, what can you see? You can see three things which are called three characteristics of existence. What are the three? You can see the object is ever-changing. Ever-changing nature of the object. That is what we call impermanence. Anicca in Pali. Whatever is in the nature of impermanence, it is in the nature of unsatisfactory. Dukkha. And whatever is in the nature of impermanent, impermanent, unsatisfactory, it is the nature that it is without a self. No soul, no self. These are the three characteristics that you can see. You can realize, of course. That realization is the deathlessness—that is the way to deathlessness. Once the Buddha said, "Appamado amatapadam, pamado machuno padam, appamatta na miyanti, ye pamatta yatha mata." Appamado amatapadam, appamada is a synonym for sati. Mindfulness. Appamada is a synonym. Like, sati and appamadu. So, appamadu amatapada. Buddha said, mindfulness is the way to deathlessness. You see? Mindfulness is the way to deathlessness. Appamadu amatapada. Pamadu pada. Pamada is unmindfulness. Unmindfulness is the way to death. Unmindfulness is the way to death. Then further the Buddha said, Those who are mindful, they never die. They never die. If you are mindful, you never die. That means, if you have developed your mind, you are mindful, you have developed your mind to the perfection. You have become the arahant. The enlightened ones. Enlightened ones never die. They never die. That is the meaning. namiyanti ye pamatta yata mata Those who are unmindful, they are just like dead ones. Though living. Though living, they are just like dead ones. That is the meaning. So, mindfulness is in the present moment. This is not a thought, not a concept. In the process of thinking, mindfulness arises before thought, before concept. You know well that we all conceptualize. We conceptualize and then verbalize. Before concept, mindfulness arises. Therefore, I to say that Mindfulness is not a word but an action. It is to observe it. It is to observe, to understand. So it arises prior to the thought or concept. It is like a light, like a flash of light which is to be developed. Everybody, every being has mindfulness. But only humans, only human beings, only humans can develop mindfulness to the perfection, for the attainment of enlightenment. So mindfulness when developed like like a light, increased, developed, you yourself can understand that it is like a light. This is why when the Buddha realized this, with the realization of the four noble truths, the Buddha said, Aloka udapadi." Aloka means light. In his first discourse, the Buddha said, Chakku Udhapadi, Jnanam Udhapadi, Panya Udhapadi, Vijya Udhapadi, Aloka With the realization of the four noble truths, in him arose Chakku. Chakku means vision. Vision to see Things that whatever is in the nature of arising, it is in the nature of person. Chakvam Jnanang Jnanam Udhapadhi. The knowledge arose in him. Jnanam Udhapadhi. Panya Udhapadhi. The Wisdom arose in him. Science arose in him. Science arose in him. Vijaya. Vijaya is science. It is not this modern science, but beyond that. Modern science is based on matter. But the Buddha science is based on mind. It is spiritual. So, Vijya Udhapadhi. Then finally said, Aloko Udhapadhi. Aloko is light. Light arose in me. That is what happens when we practice mindfulness. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, the Buddha used this term, as I said earlier, the Buddha used the term Sati for which we use mindfulness. It is insufficient to denote the real meaning of the word Sati. Therefore, in our language, we have to use different terms. As I understand, we have to use at least seven words. Seven words to give the meaning of the, that word Sati, which used by the Buddha in his discourses. What are the seven words that we have to use? Attention, alertness, awareness, earnestness, watchfulness, um, mindfulness, and vigilance. These are the seven words that we can use to give this meaning. Mindfulness. So, when you say mindfulness, all oh, these are encompassed. That is how to do it. To use, how to understand. All these are encompass and close. We have to understand the fact that we, as worldlings, cannot be mindful all the time. Though we say that be mindful, be mindful. Whoever say that, be mindful, be mindful. You can't be mindful all the time. Not only you, me too. <laughs> Huh? all the all the teachers, all those who are worldlings, unenlightened persons cannot be mindful all the time. Only enlightened ones can be mindful all the time. The arahans, the Buddhas. This term Sati, when we use the term Sati, there is a similar word. When you write it, it is the same. S-A-T-I, Sati. But when you pronounce there's a difference. One word is sati, the other is sati. Sati and sati. Sati always go goes with anu. Anu means accordingly, according to oh, according accordingly. Uh, the full term is anusati. Anusati means recollection remembering. Sati means mindfulness. It is in the present moment. So, recollection is something past. You have to recollect something that you have uh, repeated, you done earlier, which is past. But mindfulness is right here, right now. This is the difference. So, this is quite confused. Some people miss this and some people confused with two terms and they put these two together, and say that your memory is mindfulness. Memory is not mindfulness. In this context, memory, through your memory you cannot attain enlightenment. That is the difference. Being mindful in the present moment, only the way to attain enlightenment. You have to be mindful at this very moment, present moment. That is the mindfulness to be developed for the attainment of enlightenment, not memory. So now you can see two types of mindfulness, two types of uh, sati. Two are, the first one is power of mind, the second one is power of memory. You see, power of mind is what is necessary. For the attainment of enlightenment. That is what we are doing here. We don't recollect anything. We don't remember anything. You, you try to forget everything. Huh? When we practice, when we Buddhists practice mindfulness, we always try to come to the present moment and stay here, right here. That is the Buddhist way to practice. Not, not to remember anything. It doesn't help you to attain enlightenment. You know, Venerable Ananda, Ananda was the attendant monk of the Buddha. He was appointed as the foremost among all monks. He was the foremost for mindfulness. Preeminent monk for mindfulness. But that was not for power of mind, but power of memory. These are two different things. Though he had such a brilliant mind, Brilliant brain. Brain like, say, several terabytes. (laughs) Dislike. His brain. He had a very good memory. That is why he was appointed as the foremost for mindfulness. That mindfulness is not the power of mind. That is the power of memory. You know, we in our tradition, when we get, uh, when we want to get our high ordination, we have to remember, we have to memorize many things. You know there is a book called Dhammapada, verses of Dhamma, verses of the Buddha, in which there are 423 verses, four line verses. We have to memorize at least 100. We have to memorize at least 100 stanzas. For that, It takes, sometimes it takes uh, months for us to memorize these tanzas. Not only this, we have to uh, memorize several discourses also for our higher ordination. The higher ordination is conferred by the head monk of the chapter. It is in front of the committee. There are 20 monks in the committee. They are the hierarchy, the, the head monks. Of the country, in front of this committee, this these monks, we have to remember all these say about hundred verses. We have to remember all these hundred verses, and we never know from where the head monk asks to recite. When we go there, we join palms. We are waiting. Then the head monk say, "Ah, okay. Now tell us from this point." the the first verse of the book, Mano Pubbangama Dhamma. When when he says Mano Pubbangama Dhamma, that's it. Then we have to recite. We have to recite continuously, without any mistake. We have to continuously recite until he says, Okay, now stop. So, not only this, asking many questions differently, different places, Wherever he says to start, we have to start that point. For that we have to have this in our memory. So my point here is that for that it takes months for us. Venerable Ananda, his capacity, his brain, he had the power to recite 15,000 forced Four line stanzas, fifteen thousand without making any any mistake, he could uh, recite it fifteen thousand verses, such verses. And in the discourses, when he recited about sixty thousand words without any mistake, he can uh, recite in his memory. such a brilliant monk. but you know after the passing away of the Buddha, this memory didn't help him to attain enlightenment. He had to practice mindfulness, four foundations of mindfulness. He practiced days and night. Finally, as it was the dawn of the day, uh, the, the monks, 499 monks, got together in a certain place to rehearse the Dhamma. Venerable Ananda himself had to part- participate in that council as an arahan. Still he is not an arahan. Now he is practicing. <laughs> he is not an arahan. <laughs> they have invited him to, to be there as an arahan. So he is not an arahan yet. He, is, he was practicing. And finally, he practiced, practiced, quite, like, disappointed like He wanted to lie down for me. And then he went to his bed and leaning towards the pillow. His head is not yet touched the pillow. His legs raised up. It's not touched with the floor. In this way, he attained enlightenment. (laughs) 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 It is a weird, weird posture. <laughs> it's not the poor posters, this is one of the weird one. So see <laughs> like like this. Huh? Not his head is not touch the pillow, the the legs raising, not touch the pillow. he attained enlightenment. Ah it is because of mindfulness. This is the result of practicing mindfulness. So there are many cases, many, many uh, stories in the discourses that how this came this sort of flash breakthrough the realization because of practicing developing mindfulness.
1: When you read the verses
0: of the the elder you know the Teragata Terigata when you read this you can understand how many monks realized the Dhamma because of they are practicing mindfulness. So, in the time of the Buddha, there was an ascetic named Bhavari. He was a Brahmin ascetic. He had 500 students of them all. There were 16 eminent, prominent students. The cream. Cream of the group. 16. One day, This ascetic went to his altar to perform a sacrifice to propitiate the Creator. That's what he used to do. He offered what he had, and after that, he came from the sacrificial uh, altar to his Kuti. When he came to his Kuti, there was another Brahmin, another ascetic, who was full of in his body untidy his matted hair and reddish teeth he demanded 500 coins gold coins from this person the barber he said I am an ascetic I have no no such things I don't use I have no such thing when he said no this guest ascetic said When I ask, if you don't give me, may your head split into seven, within seven days, he cursed him in such a way. May your head split into seven, within seven days. That is how he cursed him. Then the brahmin Bavari, the ascetic Bavari, he was so upset. He was disappointed, disgusted and dismayed. See, see. He couldn't think of what to, what to do. Then there appeared a, a deity who was one of, the, one of his relatives in his previous life. So this deity appeared there and said, don't worry, don't be afraid of this. He himself does not know what the hell is. He himself does not know what the splitting of the head is. Therefore, this won't happen. Don't be afraid of this, he said. Then he asked, Then who knows head? Who knows the splitting of the head? The deity said, The Buddha knows this. So he asked, Where are the Buddha? Then the deity said that the Buddha is living in the ministry in the north of India. And he further said, go there and ask what the said and what you call splitting. But the this ascetic, Bavari, by that time he was 120 years old. He could see the Buddha in such distance. So he sent his 16 disciples. Before he dispatched them, he asked them to Go there and meet the Buddha and ask this, ask questions, first ask questions mentally, not verbally. So the students, they ask, how should we recognize the Buddha? The Brahmin said, when you go there, you can see the the features, the characteristics. There are thirty-two features of a great man, so the Buddha has these thirty-two great features. When you go there, you can see, you can recognize the Buddha. Then ask these questions mentally. What are the questions to be asked? Their their teacher said, First ask, who is our teacher? Ask mentally. Then ask, how many students he has? And then later, they all went to meet the Buddha. And when they went to the Buddha, as they recognized the Buddha, they asked this question. Who is our teacher? Hmm? Then the Buddha said, they asked mentally. The Buddha said, your teacher is What? How old is he? They asked, how old is he? Then the Buddha said, he is now 120 years old. How many students he has? About five hundred students, like that. Buddha replied, nobody asked questions. The people couldn't see. Then here, however, they asked the questions, later they asked the questions, What is head? That was they really wanted to ask. What is head? they asked. Then the Buddha said, head means ignorance. That is ignorance. What is splitting of the head? Splitting of head means splitting of ignorance. Once you split your ignorance, light arises. That is how the Buddha said. Here the, among these the students, there was one named Ajita. They all wanted to ask their sort of individual, private questions later on this ajitta as question that this is very important for in this context which is quite relevant to our topic that is why i want to take this Like
1: he has
0: he said like this savanti sabbadhi sota sotanam kin nivarana sotanam samvaram kena sota pitiyare he said, Bante, Savanti Sabbadi Sota. Sota means streams. Streams are flowing everywhere, all around. Streams are flowing. Savanti Sabbadi Sota. Sotanam kin Nivarayam. With what? The stream should be restrained. With what? The stream should be restrained. Sotanam sangvaram bruci. Please tell me what, uh, what's the constraint, restraint of stream. Kena sotapitiyare. With what the stream is completely tried out. This is how he asked the student. Then the Buddha said, Yani Sotani Lokasming Sati Sang Nivaran Sotanang saṁvaram Brumi Panyay Pitiri Stream Here the stream means stream of craving stream of craving he see he asks uh, the students ask streams flow all over, everywhere. Streams, there are only six streams, streams of craving. Eye craving, ear craving, nose craving, tongue craving, body craving, mind craving. These are the streams. These are the streams. This is what this uh, students ask. How should one restrain this? And how should one completely stop this? That is what he asked. Then the Buddha said, yāni sotāni ni Loka means within. Loka means the individual, the person. Whatever the streams within, whatever the streams there are in this person, yāni sotāni, low-casming, sati, you see the word, sati, sati-tesaṁ Tesang nivarana. It is to be restrained by sati, mindfulness. So, whatever the streams, whatever craving in your eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind, should be restrained, should be controlled with sati, mindfulness. Then he asks, how should one completely dry out, completely stop it? Stop this strength. Buddha said, Panya ete pitiyare. It is to be stopped by Panya. What is Panya? Wisdom. You see? Another student there, named Moga Raja. he asks another question, he has how should one see the world so that one is not to be seen by Mara? That was the question. Then the Buddha said, Sunyato lokaṁ avekkasu Moga Sada Sato His name was Moga Rāja. Attañu Ditting uhaṃ evaṁ machu taroṣya evaṁ lokaṁ avekkantāṁ Machuraja Buddha said, lokaṁ If you want to see the world so that the Mara would not see you, see the world as empty. See the world as empty. How can you see the world as empty? What do you mean by empty? Empty means Empty of self or soul. That is what is called emptiness. So, see the world without a self. Without the notion of self or soul. That is the meaning. Buddha said, Sunyatu lokang avekansu. See the world as empty. Mogaraja sada sato. Uh, Sata, sato or sato. Sati is the same. Sada Sato. Sada means all the time. Always. Always be mindful. Sada Sato. Always be mindful and see the world as empty. This is the meaning. Always be mindful and see the world as empty. Sada Sato. Then Atta ditting Atta Atta means self identity, self-view. Self-view. Whatever the self-view, whatever the view of soul, or self, who uproot it, then evang machyuta then you will go beyond mara, beyond death. Then you will not die. That is the meaning. You so see, be mindful all the time. That is how the Buddha said here. Buddha has used many similes to mindfulness. Let's take some of these to our understanding uh, how to practice mindfulness. Once the Buddha used the simile, simile of the stick for the cow as mindfulness, the stick has mindfulness. There's a discourse named Dveda, Dveda Vitakka Sutta. Dveda Vitakka. Dveda means two. Vitakka means thought. Two kinds of thought. That is the name of the Sutta. Here they are in The monks, the Buddha said, monks, before my enlightenment, still an unenlightened bodhisattva, I thought myself that it is, it would be better if I divide my thoughts into two groups, good thoughts and bad thoughts. So the Buddha said, monks, I divided my thoughts, whatever the thoughts come to me, I divided these into two groups, good thoughts, bad thoughts. And then Buddha further said, it is the nature of this mind that whatever is frequently thinking to, If, if we think frequently to whatever thinking, it is the nature of mind that it inclines to that. It clings to that. The mind clings to that. That is the inclination of mind. Whatever you frequently think. So, it is like the cow that has used to eat fresh green grass. Wherever the cow sees grass, fresh grass, green, wherever green, it goes there. Just like the mind clings wherever it likes. It drops wherever it likes. That is the nature of mind. So the the Buddha said, the cow herd has to use the stick to prevent when the cow is going to eat crops, well-grown crops, He has to use the stick. Especially, suppose the cowherd has to take a cow across the crop, then that is the worst case. When the cowherd wants to take the cow across the well-grown crops, he always has to give attention. Otherwise, the cow eats either from this side or this side. There, the cowherd has to use the stick, this side tapping, this side, tapping this side, pop this side, this side like that. That is how he has to take take the uh, cow across the field. Like that, we have to be mindful all the time. All the time mindfulness. That is why the Buddha used this simile, the stick. In the same discourse, the Buddha further said, when the tropes are taken in at the time of the harvesting when things the got home. Now the field is clear. The cowherd takes, uh, takes his cattle there. The cattle are freely. They are going here and there. The cowherd, what he has to do is to take care, to be aware whether they are there. Whether the cattle are there, like in the sutta, in this discourse, the Buddha says that cowherd may maybe he is lying down under a tree, he is in a relaxed position, but still he has awareness that the cows are there, or that the, the cowherds is the simile there for the mindfulness. The Buddha used the term satto sati sati there. That is the mindfulness. That is his mindfulness. He is mindful. In this case, it is not the term mindfulness, but awareness. Uh, This is why we have to use different terms. In this case we cannot use the term mindfulness. But mindfulness means full attention. He is attentive. This time he is not not giving his full attention, but he has awareness. He knows what is going on. He's in a relaxed position, maybe lying down under the tree. He still has the awareness. That is mindfulness. Awareness. Another time, in a Sutra, the Buddha said, once a certain, certain deity came to the Buddha, you know the different deities came to meet the Buddha. Deities are the Devas. They came to meet the Buddha. One day a certain deity came to the Buddha and said, Satya via omattu dayamaneva matake kamaraga pahanaya sato bhikkhu paribhaji Satya o matto. Satya is the sword. Sword. As if one's head is smitten with the sword, or oh, as one's head is on fire, the practitioner, the meditator, should practice mindfulness. Should be mindful to abandon lust and delight. The deity said. The Buddha said the same thing. The same the first three lines. The same. Satya vyo matul, as if one's head is smitten, or the one's head is on fire. The practitioner should practice mindfulness not to abandon lust and delight. There is not enough. Buddha said Sakkaya ditti Pahanaya sato Bhikkhu paribhaji It is not enough that you abandon your lust and delight. What is to be done is to completely abandon Sakkaya ditti Sakkaya ditti pahaanaya. What is Sakkaya ditti? Sakkaya ditti means personality belief. You personalize. We all personalize. This is called Sakkaya ditti. This is the first fetter of the ten. Ten fetters through which we are bound to sansara. If one can completely cut off this first fetter, Sakkaya ditti, then the second vichikicca, then the third Sreelabhata Paramasa, One can enter the path. One can become a stream winner. Stream enterer. Friends, this Sakkaya Ditti is a Ditti. It's a view. We have many beliefs, many views. We believe many things. Beliefs. There are many beliefs. Sakkaya Ditti Atta Ditti and asmi man, these are three things to be understood. Those who have Attaditti. Atta ditti means self-view. We believe a self or soul. It is connected with the creator. Those who want to believe a self or soul have to believe a creator. Those who believe a creator. How to believe a soul? These are, these two are interconnected. Sakka means sort of personality belief. You have a belief that there is a person to be called I, I, my, mine. With that, we cling to these five aggregates. That is Sakka then the asmi mana is another that is called asmi mana is conceit. Mana is conceit that you have conceit. It is the I conceit, I conceit, me conceit. That is to be cut off uh, as the eighth factor, eighth fetter of the ten. That means. Say there are there are ten fetters to which we are bound to sansara. Of the ten, those who cut off the first three are called stream enterers. Those who cut off the first three and then the next two attenuate, lessen, weaken the second next next two, uh, is called once returner. And those who have cut off all the five lower fetters, all these five are called non-returners. And those who cut off all the ten are called enlightened one, the arhans. This is how the fetters are to be removed, cut off. So, in this case, we have to understand sakkaya dikti. Those who have, when, when we practice, we have to understand that what is most important, most important is abandoning Sakkaediti, not our lust or the delight. Another time, Buddha compared mindfulness to the to a watchful driver. You know, you all are driving. Most of you are, I think, most almost all of you should drive.
1: When you drive,
0: you know how the the importance of mindfulness. Some of us are not mindful enough when driving. You know, when the instructors at the beginning, they instruct how to drive. When you drive, you have to think that you are, you are driving five cars. That is how some instructors give uh, instructions. You are asked to understand that you are driving five cars, not only one car. Five cars are the, the one in front, behind, the both side and yours that is how you are instructed when you try that is to be watchful you see that is watchful that is not mindfulness see this is why we want to we want to use different terms that is not mindfulness but this is watchfulness you are always watchful you have you have to watch this mirror that mirror just mirrors and that is how you have to try it. Watchfulness. That is mindfulness, watchfulness. Again, the Buddha's mindfulness. Buddha's mindfulness is compared to, Buddha was compared to an elephant in the Theragata. Buddha was compared to an, an elephant. The neck is compared to mindfulness. The elephant's neck Why the elephant's neck is compared to mindfulness. You know the elephant's neck is very short. It is vulnerable. It is attackable. Attackable by the lion. He has to protect his neck. To protect his neck, always he has to turn. Whenever he sees the lion, he has to turn. But he can turn his neck like (laughs) what we do. As his neck is very short, he has to turn all the body. So the lion whenever the lion wants to turn, he turns this way, that way whole body to protect his neck. So he got this skill not because of his practice. He got this skill from his birth. By Christ the Buddha got his Mindfulness from his birth. Not even not from his birth, even before his birth, when he was in the heaven called Tusita, he has mindfulness. According to a discourse named uh, wonderful and marvelous things. Buddha said he was mindful when he was in the heaven. He was mindful when he was descending. To his mother's womb. He was mindful in his mother's womb. He was mindful when he was delivered, like that. That is the mindfulness of the Buddha. So friends, as I said earlier, we all have mindfulness as an innate, inherent factor, quality. All beings have mindfulness. As humans, we have got this opportunity to practice mindfulness and develop mindfulness buddha practiced develop mindfulness from the very young age at the age of 5 he sat under a tree banyan tree and practiced mindfulness at around at the age of 5 thereafter when he was in with teachers he practiced mindfulness as faculties. When he was practicing severe austerities, he practiced mindfulness. When he came to the tree, under the tree, you know, the Buddha attained enlightenment under the Bodhi tree, under which he practiced mindfulness of breathing. It is true, mindfulness of breathing, that the Buddha attained enlightenment. Not only this Buddha, all Buddhas Attain mindful, attain enlightenment by practicing mindfulness of breathing. So when practice mindfulness, how should we practice? When develop mindfulness, how should we develop? In order to develop mindfulness, we have to practice different methods. We have to practice the four establishments of mindfulness. What are the four establishments of mindfulness? Mindfulness of body, mindfulness of feelings, mindfulness of mind and mindfulness of mental objects. These four are to be practiced and developed, cultivated. That is one method. When practiced this, the Buddha said this is the only way, only direct way. This is the only direct way for the purification of beings, for the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and grief, for reaching the path, and for the attainment of enlightenment. This is the only way. What is the only way? Practicing, developing mindfulness. Four foundations of mindfulness. So when practice mindfulness in such a way, feel to practice mindfulness of breathing. Friends, that is what we are doing now, according to this very, very word of the Buddha, from the original discourses of the Buddha. When we practice mindfulness in this manner, we can develop our mindfulness as a faculty. You know, there are five faculties. First, Confidence. Saddha. Confidence. Second, Energy. Virya. Third, mindfulness. Sati. See, Sati as a fact, faculty. Then, concentration. Samadhi. And, wisdom. Panya. Sadda, virya, sati, samadhi, panya. These are called faculties. Five faculties. These are to be developed for the attainment of enlightenment, for the liberation, we have to develop these five faculties. These are called spiritual faculties. Once you develop these, cultivated these, they become powers, as five powers. Then they are called five powers. So when you develop mindfulness, you can develop it as a faculty first and then it becomes a power. Then this same faculties Mindfulness faculty becomes a factor of enlightenment. There are seven factors of enlightenment. The seven factors of enlightenment are first, mindfulness, second, investigation of the Dhamma, third, energy, then, rapture, tranquility, concentration, equanimity. These are called seven factors of enlightenment. Why these are called seven factors of enlightenment? The Pali term is Bajjanga. Factors for Bodhi. Factors for enlightenment. Once you develop these factors, mindfulness as a factor, when you developed it, it leads you for the attainment of enlightenment. It leads you for the realization of the four noble truths. Once we develop mindfulness, we can understand the four noble truths. The four noble truths are unsatisfactoriness, the course of unsatisfactoriness, cessation of unsatisfactoriness, and the path leading to the cessation of unsatisfactoriness. These four can be realized. With that One can attain enlightenment. You can attain enlightenment. Me can attain enlightenment.
1: By realizing
0: these four noble truths. Friends, this is the highest gain. This is the most important thing that we can gain by practicing mindfulness. The results of practicing mindfulness can be summarized into three. First, when you practice mindfulness in this manner, you can lead a happy, peaceful life. Light-hearted life. You can lead a life happily, peacefully, light-heartedly. That is the first thing. Second, you can develop your memory. That is memory power. The third, you can attain, you can enter the path as a stream winner. You can become once written, you can become a non-written and finally you can become an Arahant, the enlightened one. These are the results. This is why we all have to practice. That is why we are practicing. So let's all together practice these days mindfulness, We are practicing mindfulness of breathing. As I said at the very beginning, we are going to practice systematically, gradually, one at a time, step by step. So today, whole day, we practice the first step, first thing. As the Buddha said in the discourse, first thing was Satova asasati Satova Pasya Mindfully breathing in, mindfully breathing out. That is what we did today, all day. So, when we practice in this manner, we all can live happily, peacefully, and finally, we all can attain enlightenment. By the power of all this merit, by the power of this practice, may we all attain ultimate bliss of Nipa, pop so so